Welcome to the Pig Health Today podcast, where we talk all health, all the time. Hear engaging interviews with today's leading industry experts. Hosted by Pig Health Today editors, podcast episodes highlight the latest ideas, insights, and advice to improve pig health, welfare, and performance. Hi, I'm Rhonda Pick, Managing Editor of Pig Health Today. Joining me is Dr. Alyssa Betlock, Swine Veterinarian at the Swine Vet Center. Welcome. Thank you for having me today. It's great to have you join us and highlight some of the new research that you're presenting at the 2020 American Swine Veterinarians Annual Meeting. Um, you have spent quite a bit of time at the University of Minnesota uh, previously looking at MHIO. Um, tell us about some of your recent research that you've been doing with surveillance protocol. Yeah, so uh, currently at the University of Minnesota, still working on graduate schooling, um, I am working on mycoplasma hyaluronidase, and so um, a lot of our research is focused on surveillance at this time, and um, my research more specifically is focused on replacement gilt populations and really ensuring um, if there was a recent introduction of mycoplasma hyaluronidase, would we be able to, to, to detect such introduction with the commonly utilized practices we do today. And why is, why is the focus on the sow herds so fundamentally important in the discussion? Yeah, so um, if you think of a, py a pyramid, right, the sow herds are at your top of your pyramid. And so everything flows down from there. And so gilts and sows are a critical aspect at stimulating and perpetuating that transmission of mycoplasma hanemoniae. And so it's really important for us to minimize um, the introduction ensure that we have a negative health status in our herds to, to reduce um, um, the cost of mycoplasma harmony and finishing and then the economic impacts that it has with production and health. MHIO has been around ever present and it, you know, the costs kind of range from like a dollar a pig all the way up to like $10 a pig when there's co-infections, right? Yep, exactly. Are those numbers still pretty accurate? Yes, yep. Um, those are the numbers that we know of today. Um, and I know people are still currently working on really identifying um, what that value still looks at, looks like. So tell us a little bit more about what kind of protocols you were looking at with your most recent research. Yeah, so within our replacement guilt situations, we commonly use um, blood or oral fluid samples, and that's mainly due to uh, cost, feasibility, and you can detect from multiple pathogens. And so um, with that in mind, there are also other, so there are several other sample types for mycoplasma harmoniae, such as laryngeal swabs and deep tracheal catheters that are more sensitive. And so we looked at comparing those and really understanding um, the differences in at time which you can detect mycoplasma harmoniae and the sensitivity. And are we better at detecting, how are we at detecting acute issues in particular? Yeah, so it really ranges on the sample type <clears throat> that you're gonna use. And so deep tracheal catheters um, are more sensitive um, compared to uh, blood samples, for example. Okay, so tell us a little bit more about what you were finding as far as your recent research results. Yeah, so for our research, we introduced a naturally infected guilt uh, within a naive population. And so uh, over time, we actually could appreciate that there was um, one new naive guilt that became positive at six weeks after contact. So you can appreciate that there's this very slow a transmission of mycoplasma hanemoniae compared to uh, other, other pathogens, for example. 
So based on your research findings, what recommendations do you have to producers as far as, you know, what is most effective with their MHIO surveillance? Yeah, so if you really want to focus on um, mycoplasma harmoniae surveillance, it is really critical to have a more pathogen-specific sample type. And so what I mean by that is using deep tracheal catheters or laryngeal swabs to really make sure that we have um, more accuracy in ensuring um, our diagnostic capabilities for detecting mycoplasma harmoniae compared to oral fluids or, or blood samples. Are there any drawbacks related to tracheal swabs? <laughs> yeah, so taking tracheal catheters do require more practice. It's a newer technique. Um, other people are, are not used to taking such a such sample type. And so it does require um, training um, and practice. So. But the upside is more accuracy. It's more accurate, yes. So with existing ways that surveillance is done traditionally through oral fluids, where, where does the opportunity really exist to be introducing some of these newer methods with tracheal swabs and that sort of thing? Yeah, so if we, if we really want to increase um, our ability to detect mycoplasma harmoniae, we really need to really have a different mindset and focusing on more sample types that are more sensitive for detecting such pathogen. And so those are more um, focused on deep tracheal catheters as well as laryngeal swabs in comparison to blood and or oral fluids. And so uh, within our study, we did appreciate that there was um, a very slow transmission of mycoplasma. And so if you have a naive population, like in a, in a GDU, and you introduce one guilt, it does take, uh, in our study, six weeks in order to get a new infection. And so you can appreciate the um, really the slow um, transmission as well as uh, the inability to um, detect mycoplasma harmoniae. In regards to um, the natural cedar that we introduced, we could detect it all the way through the study. However, with blood samples, um, we couldn't detect it until six weeks. So you can appreciate even with our known positive, we couldn't even detect it that way. So the biggest thing is really um, understanding the sample type you want to use, the limitations with such of a sample type. And then also you could think about even extending uh, your isolation period if you want to uh, take a different sample or, or less sample sizes. So what lies ahead with your future uh, research endeavors? What are you most excited about? Yeah, I'm excited to just continue my work on mycoplasma harmoniae um, and really what we're looking at um, in the future is trying to get a better idea of a benefit cost analysis and so really understanding what's the risk of, a, of an introduction and um, with time sampling several gilts, what does that look like cost-wise and then in comparison to if an outbreak were to occur, um, how much we would save if we were to perform such more accurate surveillance strategies. Sounds like there's uh, always more work to do in the Ohio camp. Of course, yes. <laughs> We've been visiting with Dr. Alyssa Betlock, swine veterinarian at the Swine Vet Center. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Pig Health Today podcast. To get the latest news and interviews delivered to your inbox twice a week, subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting pighealthtoday.com slash join.